Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where from micro ball to micro soft, emphasis on soft, looks like your stripper poles over championship goals Clippers are joining the Houston Rockets in Cancun this weekend. And oh my god, what an embarrassment the Clippers have been this entire last week. Really, they've been an embarrassment the whole year propped up by probably the corniest marketing campaign known to mankind. They just happened to do just enough during the regular season, like beat the Lakers twice to keep bamboozling everybody. But nah, the bubble showed the Clippers true colors, and Doc can come up with as many excuses as he wants, like they didn't have Avery Bradley, so that's why they lost. They didn't have their complete team, except Avery Bradley was on the Lakers this year, Doc, so you don't even have that excuse. And at the end of the day, what a horrific PTSD-inducing performance by the Clippers that just shows Clips gonna Clips, even in a year like 2020. So I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. The reason why you're just hearing me on this podcast and not Tommy and Alan as well is because, like the dumbasses we are, we pre-recorded our Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Finals preview and we're preparing to release it today, anticipating that the Clippers would eventually quit dicking around and, well, you guys know the story, dicked around and in circles the Clippers did till they fell right through the black hole of embarrassment that they now find themselves in. So that's why I'm here by myself to talk about the Nuggets. 
But first, let's not let this get away from us. What a disgrace the Los Angeles Clippers and their fan base have been all year, especially in the trash-talking department. They've had such an arrogant display of puffing their chests out and already proclaiming themselves the kings of LA, the new kings of LA, right down to the very last game with the ringers Isaac Lee going on and on about how rooting for the Lakers over Clippers is like rooting for Darth Vader over Luke Skywalker or Voldemort over Harry Potter and all this other corny shit like that. Well, guess what, Clips Nation? Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker have actually won a couple times. In fact, they always win in every movie. And the same, unfortunately, cannot be said for the Clippers, as it's same old, same old, a glory tradition of blowing 3-1 leads and never making it out to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, my god, even we had such begrudging faith in you guys to eventually pull y'all's heads out of y'all's asses that we went ahead and preemptively recorded a Western Conference Finals series preview involving you guys versus the Lakers this past weekend. And now, RIP to those segments. So I guess we really did jinx it. Battle of LA, not today. But you know what? I'll take it. All in the name of justice. So good riddance, Clippers Nation. See y'all back home in a month or so when we fly back with some shiny new hardware that y'all can gawk at. But holy crap, you guys had one job. And I guess that's just to continue being the Clipper Clowns of LA. 89 points in a Game 7. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George scored zero points in the fourth quarter. Zero points! Just like that Houston Rockets podcaster talking about Alex Caruso. Zero points! 24 points combined in total between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So I guess there's the only signs of Mamba mentality you can find from that team during Game 7. And you know, the saddest part is, I was actually looking forward to facing these fools. I wanted to be the ones to pummel them into submission. I wanted the Crosstown Rivalry Series to actually live up to the hype. But I guess that's too much to ask for when it comes to the second coming of the 96 Bulls. Clippers, what a fraud. But hey, thank you for one extravagant night of Twitter slander. And what a night it was. There were so many gems flying about, recounting Kawhi Leonard shunning LeBron James and Anthony Davis and forcing the Clippers to trade for Paul George, recounting Paul George shunning LeBron James in the first place to go back to Oklahoma City and partner up with Russell Westbrook for some unfinished business. Is that unfinished business to go to every new franchise and team and absolutely deteriorate them from the inside out? If that was the unfinished business, they're doing a great job, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. But yeah, last night on Twitter, continuing in today, has been beautiful to just see Clippers fans sort of absolutely wilt under all of the jokes, the trolling, all of the retroactive videos of all these media pundits proclaiming the Clippers as a dynasty, as the kings of L.A., as the true Los Angeles basketball team, it's been glorious to just soak it all in. My personal favorite tweet of my own is is the picture that I posted of Kawhi and Paul George next to each other for Median Day, in which I captioned the tweet, I'ma tell my kids this was Andrew Wiggins and Will Barden. And as many people have told me, I guess that's an insult to Will. So, sorry, WB. But hey, here we are, the Denver Nuggets, Lakers versus Nuggets, Western Conference Finals. At least the Nuggets have actually been here before, unlike the Clippers, who just acted like they've gone through the ringer. So props to Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and the Nuggets for coming back from down 1-3 for the second straight series in a row, and really showing the heart and want to push through and wrestle away the respect that they rightfully deserve. But now, they face the Lakers. 
The last time the Lakers and Nuggets faced off in the playoffs was 2009. That was also the same year in which the Lakers won the championship in Orlando. So if you're looking for some poetic symmetry, there you go. Uh, There's actually also one active remaining player in this year's playoffs who actually suited up in games during that series back in 2009. And he just so happens to be on the Lakers. It's J.R. Smith. Except back then, J.R. was on the Nuggets and still finding his way in the NBA. That was when JR was young, springy, and sort of erratic. And all I remember is Kobe hitting multiple tough fadeaway jump shots in JR Smith's face in Denver as LA would go on to win that series 4-2, go on to face Dwight Howard in the finals and win 4-1. And that was a glorious year, and we can only hope that the Lakers can recapture some of that magic. No pun intended. Um, That's also the series that Trevor Ariza made a name for himself in Game 1 by intercepting the inbounds pass from the Nuggets with about 30 seconds left to seal the deal. So there's actually some history between these two teams, and definitely more so than between the Clippers and Lakers. But here we are with two entirely different rosters, one with a more veteran group in in the Lakers squad with LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, etc., etc., and the other with a young, scrappy, and hungry roster in the Nuggets that has all the confidence in the world heading into this Western Conference Finals. Uh, The Lakers won the regular season series against the Nuggets 3-1, including that one bubble game in which Kyle Kuzma hit the game-winning three. Uh, The Lakers' only loss came in December when LeBron James was out, so there's not too much to terribly glean from these matchups, outside of the fact that when the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis both active, they've won. That and Anthony Davis should absolutely eat in this series, as he's averaged 29 points through those four games. Here's Anthony Davis' output through those four games. 27-6-5, and 32-11, and then 25-10 and in our most recent bout in the bubble. LeBron James, on the other hand, has not been too shabby either. He's had games of 29-12, a monstrous triple-double game, 32-12-14, The other game that we lost, he didn't play. And then during the bubble, he had 25 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. So I think our superstars are going to continue to eat, eat against the Denver Nuggets. But with the stage being set, I'm going to take us to our first break. And when I return, I'll talk about my quick thoughts on this matchup. Because goddammit, Clippers, I really hadn't put much thought into a Denver-Lakers matchup till now. But we'll get to that in just a second. And as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. We are in the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers are out. We're going to face the Nuggets. You're so lit. We're continuing to pump out these episodes and absolutely abandoning pre-recorded episodes of ours and putting in that extra work just so that we can keep this train chugging along because we're so hyped for this series. We're so hyped for the Lakers peaking at just the right time. So please rate and review us five stars on iTunes. Also, if you go to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast and donate as little as a dollar, you will get exclusive segments like our Clippers preview that now shall remain solely in Patreon land and never be published to the public. You can catch that just for the laughs. And you can also catch an exclusive Victor Oladipo trade segment that Tommy and I recorded talking about a potential Victor Oladipo trade that would presumably center around a Kyle Kuzma package if it were to happen. So you can catch segments like those as well as exclusive post-game recaps by yours truly in the form of my three-second series. So so yeah, consider donating a buck to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Uh, with that said, I'll take it to our first break. And when I return, I will talk about this Lakers-Denver Nuggets Western Conference Finals matchup. 
Okay, so we're back, and the Lakers face off against the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals this Friday at 6 p.m. Look, the Denver Nuggets deserve all the credit in the world. They've been a fun, scrappy, little engine that could sort of team. Uh, Jamal Murray has been absolutely electric and has shown a lot of passion and heart in these playoffs, and I think has just overall really grown as a player. He's going to be here for a long time. He's going to be in the NBA for years to come. But look, this team is tired. They're coming off two Game 7 series in which they had to rebound and come back from down 1-3. They've literally had to exert all their effort and squeeze out every bit of perfect inspired basketball that they could to get to this point. And credit to them, they've done all of those things. It's just you have to think there will be compounded effects to having to go through the rigorous trials of a tough Utah Jazz team and a tough Clippers team regardless of how ridiculously they went out regardless of how much chemistry they lack. The Clippers on paper and in person are still a tough team to beat. So you have to think that the Denver Nuggets are coming into this series exhausted. And look, one could argue that they've got momentum on their side and that they're riding high on this underdog wave, believing that they can overcome anything, and they should believe all those things. But look, on the other side of the spectrum, the Lakers also have momentum on their side. And they're also coming off two series in which they won four straight games twice after being down one. The Lakers are peaking at just the right time and awakening from their DGAF bubble slumber, riding their own wave of, we're the best team in basketball, we're the best team in LA, with the best duo remaining in this playoff bubble. Let's take this home. The Lakers are at that so close, you can almost taste it point. And I do not think they'll let the rope slip. And on top of that, they're well-rested. And I know in the past that's been a detriment to the Lakers because they've come out looking rusty. But when you're in the Western Conference Finals, I struggle to believe that the Lakers will come in lackadaisical. Also, they have two guys in JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard who are extremely well-rested and are probably chomping at the bit to make some positive on-court basketball contributions in the way of slowing down Nikola Jokic, bodying him up a little bit, roughing him up, and making him feel some pain. And unlike Zubats, Dwight can move his feet a hell of a lot quicker against Jokic. And with JaVale McGee, even if he gets beat off the dribble, he'll be able to erase some of Jokic's quirky shots as well, better than Zubats can. So I feel like these two physical bigs of ours, in Dwight and JaVale, are refreshed and ready. And that's another, that's another thing the Denver Nuggets will have to take into account of. And that's even if we need to turn to JaVale and Dwight at this point. Because AD and Markeith Morris have more than held it down in that five-out lineup with Anthony Davis at the starting center spot. And that starting unit of ours, with Markeith at the four, has posted some ridiculous net ratings in the short time that they've been deployed. So I'm interested in seeing how that matches up with the Denver Nuggets as well. So yeah, the Lakers as a whole are very well rested. As I mentioned, I don't think the time off and the rust factor will weigh as heavily on them as it did the first two series. This is the Western Conference Finals. There's no more fooling around. The Lakers have played enough high-intensity ball and have showed their mettle and their smarts in being able to out-strategize two different teams now that have tried to attack them in ways that are polar opposite from their team construction, and it just hasn't worked. The Lakers are too big, too strong, and too fast, and that's with how wonky they've been and how inconsistent they've been with regards to their own shooting. It doesn't matter. Our defense has been spectacular. Our defensive game plan has been sound. And yeah, we just have the athletes and we just have the leaders on this team that other teams don't. The Nuggets, on the other hand, though, they're extremely skilled. 
They're more of a finesse team, I feel like, especially when you look at how Nikola Jokic plays. They have more size than any other opponent the Lakers have faced or would have faced, and they're scrappy. But again, they also have to be extremely exhausted. And you'd have to imagine that goes for them both physically and emotionally. I know Jokic has lost a lot of weight during quarantine, but he also had to deal with COVID, actually being infected with COVID. And he's had to push through these rigorous games, and he has yet to face off against a big like Anthony Davis who will force him to defend on the other end and force him to move his feet. Jamal Murray, on the other hand, has been carrying this team offensively. But you have to think his legs are about ready to give out, and he's probably going to start short-arming that sweet stroke of his after he faces the Lakers' multiple traps and secondary contests. So to me, with how much the Nuggets have been playing, the type of intensity that they've had to play, and the type of personnel they have on defense, i.e. the slow kind in Nikola Jokic, this sort of smells like a recipe for disaster for the Nuggets, in my opinion. I give them all the credit for how Mike Malone has outcoached Doc Rivers, has outcoached Quinn Snyder, how they've outplayed and outhustled the last two teams they've trounced in the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers, and just shown that they want it more. But at the end of the day, as LeBron James has said, the Lakers are just built different. They just built different, dog. And they're a different beast. Look, I think this series is going five games again. Lakers in five at worst six, but I really think we're looking at another 4-1 gentleman sweep, and that's not a knock on the Nuggets. I just think championship and playoff experience is on the Lakers' side. LeBron James leads this team, and he did not get this far after everything he's been through as a Laker in his first two years, after everything this franchise has gone through just in this last year. He did not get this far to lose to a Nuggets team whose two best superstars have no idea what it's like to be in an NBA Finals game, let alone a Western Conference Finals game. Now, maybe the bubble changes context up a little bit and you throw some of that out the door, but nothing beats experience, regardless of any new change in scenario or context. Add to that that we have other championship-tested, finals-tested players in Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, And I just think we trump the Nuggets in experience and overall intangible mental fortitude here. The guy with the most experience on their team is Paul Millsap. So, yeah. And also, the Lakers just have the two best superstars between the two teams. And also a playoff rondo ready to pounce. And if we're looking at this Lakers matchup against the Nuggets, the series the Lakers have played before this one, having to contain high-scoring, pure-shooting guards like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and James Harden, Those series have more than prepared them to handle the likes of a Jamal Murray, who's another one of these smaller-than-normal guards who can get knocked off kilter with enough pressure and if you show him a little bit more physicality. Jamal Murray is exciting, he's electric, he's dynamic, and he's up-and-coming. But against the Lakers, I think he's going to get a shock to his system and how physical we are and how much we're going to make his life difficult for him. And I'm very much looking forward to Rajon Rondo messing with Jamal Murray swiping continually at him, making his life difficult in the dribbling department, and just getting in his head mentally. And then, obviously, you know, Caruso is going to come in there and bring the boom in a more physical way and bang with Jamal Murray, who isn't yet as crafty as even James Harden and definitely not as explosive as a Russell Westbrook. So I'm personally not too overly concerned with Jamal Murray. And I'll preface everything by saying I do have some concerns, and I'll get to them now, As I mentioned earlier, the Nuggets do have size. They've got Nikola Jokic, obviously, 
who's one type of player the Lakers have yet to face in these playoffs. He's an offensively skilled big man who can pick apart your defense with his extremely intelligent passing and his quirky scoring. The next most talented big man that we face is probably Nurkic, but Jokic is just miles ahead of him in terms of basketball IQ as well as shot making. Nikola Jokic is pretty much a 7-foot Luka, and he has been masterful this entire playoffs. Also, when it comes to the Nuggets' offensive scheme, they move around a lot. They have guys who like to move off ball and cut because they know Jokic can find them, and that's where I feel like the Lakers need to really watch out because they haven't faced a team that is, I feel like, as versatile offensively as the Nuggets are. Again, they move around a lot, unlike James Harden, who just has the ball stick in his hand for much of the time, and whenever he surrenders the ball, he doesn't go to chase it. Or he doesn't move he doesn't move off ball. Both the Blazers and Rockets weren't particularly adept at establishing a motion offense with multiple guys cutting off ball, and a big man who could score and make smart decisions for himself and the team simply by raising the ball above his head. Uh, the Rockets and Blazers were more point-of-attack sort of teams where the best players got the ball in their hands for much of the time, and they were the ones who inevitably determined the fate for their team on offense. And while the ball will likely be in Jokic and Murray's hands for a lot of the time, the Nuggets just do a much better job of being a more malleable and versatile offensive team. So that's something the Lakers should definitely look out for. They definitely cannot get caught watching. They'll definitely have to watch the baseline. And they'll just have to watch out for Jokic's amazing passes. So with regards to Jamal Murray, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like we've cracked the code there. He definitely moves off ball a hell of a lot better than James Harden does. But yeah, it's really Jokic on offense who will be a new look for us and who gives me the most concern out of anybody. But I'm confident that between Anthony Davis, Markeith Morris, and maybe even Dwight, who's done a good job making life miserable for Jokic in the regular season, I'm confident that we'll be able to take Jokic out of the things he typically, he typically likes to do or at least make him a less efficient sort of player, whether it comes to him making shots or him turning the ball over more against our sort of defense. And then on the defensive end, I think Anthony Davis should absolutely cook Nikola Jokic off the dribble and get easy drives to the bucket. We saw some of that happen already during the bubble where Anthony Davis was just blowing by Nikola Jokic because he's just a slow-footed dude regardless of how well in shape he is. Um, So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Who could forget Isaiah Thomas's crossover and then look back to Jokic for the lay-in when he was a Laker? So expect more of those things except from a guy like Anthony Davis who's about, you know, 100 feet taller than Isaiah Thomas. But yeah, at the end of the day, the Nuggets are the most versatile and biggest and probably most skilled team we've seen yet. Outside of Jokic, they do have uh, Plumlee, Mason Plumlee, that they can turn to to be physical off the bench. They also have Jeremy Grant, who's a very solid wing defender. Paul Millsap's experienced and can be solid on defense, but he's also a bit washed, although you always have to account for him. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a bit of a wild card. He does a good job you know, curling off screens, uh, scoring off ball, hitting down his jump shots. But uh, Kyle Kuzma handled him fine the last time they played. And and at worst, they can probably just cancel each other out. So I'm not too worried about MPJ as well. But at the end of the day, I've probably made it more complicated than it even needed to be. Because when all is said and done, we have LeBron James. And who's going to stop playoff god mode LeBron, the washed king? especially when you're the team standing in his way to not only a championship, but a finals matchup against either the Celtics or the Heat. Sorry, it's not going to be the Denver Nuggets. Denver has nobody who can stop LeBron James, let alone Anthony Davis. And LeBron has been the best player in these playoffs, and he still hasn't even taken it into overdrive yet. He's been perfectly pacing himself and still looked this incredible. On both ends. 
And yeah, I hate to be this overconfident, but sometimes it really is this simple. We have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and the other team don't. So Western Conference Bubble Finals 2020, Lakers versus Denver Nuggets, here we go. And you know what? Just for fun and laughs, we'll take it to one more break, and when we return, I'm just going to go ahead and air the Clippers-Lakers segment that Alan and I pre-recorded, where we talk about all of the most intriguing legacy narratives surrounding both these teams in the Western Conference Finals. Or I guess what would have been the most interesting and poetic narratives had the Clippers done their damn job. But womp womp, maybe next year, Pandemic P, maybe next year. So yeah, I'll go ahead and air that just for the laughs and hope you guys enjoy. But with that said, we will catch you guys in the Western Conference Finals against the Denver Nuggets. And we're hoping to record post-game after Game 1 or potentially Game 2. Just look out on our iTunes page or Apple Podcast page. And please rate and review us five stars on iTunes. And yeah, we'll take it to one more break. And when I return... Alan and I talk about the most interesting Lakers Clippers legacy narratives. RIP Boardman Fun Guy and Way Off P. See y'all next year. All right, Alan, so we're going to talk about narratives and legacy narratives because there's actually a lot of interconnecting parts between these two Los Angeles teams outside of the fact that they both play in Los Angeles. They both play at Staples Center normally. They both play in Orlando? How crazy (laughs) is that? They both play in Orlando, I know. (laughs) But outside of the Battle of LA thing, there are a lot of interesting storylines that surround actual players on these teams, but also the collective franchises themselves as well. So we can just ping pong back and forth here. And I'm going to start with bringing up the LeBron versus Kawhi Leonard dynamic, the best wing in the game duel, but also a rematch of the Heat versus Spurs finals back in 2014. And actually, that last matchup, the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard beat LeBron James. That was kind of the end of the Miami Heat era if you can remember that. So there's actually this at stake with regards to LeBron's legacy against Kawhi Leonard. And at that time, Kawhi Leonard was still up and coming, kind of, you know? So this is sort of like Kawhi is in his prime. LeBron James is still in his prime, but definitely more on the way out. Can the sensei take it to him one last time and get revenge on Kawhi for 2014? The Heat won in 2013, but then Kawhi got the last ha-ha-ha funny man, (laughs) fun guy laugh in 2014. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. So can LeBron still prove to Kawhi that he's the best player in the game, the best wing in the game? So that'll be one interesting and kind of obvious byline to follow, but I guess the more subtle thing is the fact that, you know, LeBron James back in 2014 lost to Kawhi Leonard in the finals, and this is the first sort of playoff rematch we're going to get between the two. So anything to say about that, or just if you have another sort of interconnected narrative that you want to throw out there? Mm, Between LeBron and Kawhi, not really. I think you pretty much hit all those points. Um, I feel like LeBron is definitely the type who would look to that matchup that goes all the way back to those days to just get that extra motivation, you know, to kick it Mm -hmm. into that next gear. Uh, Kawhi is a freaking robot, so we have no damn idea what the hell he's thinking. But I I can totally see LeBron reflecting on it. And, um, you know, the fact that people talk so much about LeBron losing in the final so many different times and all that kind of crap, this would totally be a way for him to uh, put some of those arguments to rest. So, yeah, I I like it. Mm -hmm. And uh, why don't you bring up another angle that you may have observed out of these two teams? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think an interest, maybe an underrated one is Doc Rivers being the coach. I mean, he's a former Mm -hmm. Celtic, right? We 
freaking we matched up against them two times obviously um he did the whole i'm gonna stash money up in the locker room and we're gonna come get it at the end of the year and all that (laughs) garbage you know uh the whole oh we don't have kendrick perkins and that game seven so it actually doesn't really count because we weren't at full strength uh let's hope our rings touch when we see each like dude we have like the whole damn thing memorized right um and like okay fine off the court like i respect doc rivers quite a bit actually um he seems like a really good man Mm. but screw all that because he was a Celtics coach he beat us um and there's just all that all that nonsense from back in the day so uh that that's something that I think when we see him on the sidelines complaining when we hear the inside tracks and all that it's just gonna like bring out all those emotions from a decade plus ago and uh it's just gonna reframe it here as a as this new rivalry crosstown rivalry yeah that that's one that I'm definitely looking forward to getting hyped up about Yeah, well, like you mentioned a decade ago, right? The last time the Lakers made it this far in the playoffs, guess who was the coach in the finals? It was Doc Rivers, right, on the sidelines. So, And it's going to be Doc Rivers again, but this time for the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals as opposed to in the finals with an East Coast team. Another tangential point to that is the fact that we're going to get Rajon Rondo versus Doc Rivers. (laughs) They were both on that Celtics team back in 2008 when they both... Was that 2008 that they first won? Yeah, 2008 that they first won, and then 2010 when they lost to the Lakers. So it's crazy that Rondo's been around for so long, you know? Yeah, yeah. And playoff Rondo is still kicking and and moving well, and he's going to be able to hopefully maybe stick it to Doc Rivers one last time. And, you know, those Celtics teams, they didn't didn't break apart too amicably, especially with Ray Allen. Right, right, right. It was kind of an unceremonious ending to that dynasty mm. that only really got the Celtics one championship, you know? Yeah, but, you know, they talk it up like they won freaking, like, five, right? <laughs> totally. So I think that dynamic and that narrative mm. of having Rondo versus Doc Rivers is definitely... You might totally. see some yapping for sure between the oh, two. Oh, yeah. Dude. That's, That's going to be, be a lot great. of fun. And Rondo's even said, you know, he wants to be the first player to win a ring with both of these teams, with the Celtics right. and with the Lakers, so... That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, do you have another one that you want to bring up? Um, so we got a couple of former Lakers on the Clippers, right? We got mm-hmm. Zubats and we have Lou Williams. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's obviously not really coming from our side in terms of us having some sort of um, axe to pick with either of those dudes. But you know that they're going to look at it from their point of view with us yeah. that way. So that that's another like underrated one, I would say, that's a little bit... Um, kind of indirect but we we have our feelings about both those guys and um we obviously love them <laughs> when they were lakers but it, it's crazy how especially being on that freaking team like i just i can't i cannot like them i can't enjoy them as human beings anymore right it, which which sucks especially for zoo um yeah. if they were on utah he was meant to be a laker like, dude ex- yeah we effed that up big time <laughs> yeah we did yeah <laughs> but yeah th- th- that's another one with some mixed feelings for sure but uh we'll be able to put those aside you know seven different times for about two and a half to three hours uh over the next couple of weeks for sure and yeah we fumbled the bag with Zubats obviously actually we fumbled the bag with both players I think Lou Will was Mitch Kupchak's best signing actually in those latter years he had him on a seven million dollar a year contract Mm -hmm. and you know looking back on it we traded him because we were on a tanking team and we would rather have gotten a first round pick but retroactively man it would have been nice to still have kept him on oh like a cost-controlled God. contract, especially on this team, right? Yep. He's the perfect six-man who you just get, even if you lessen his minutes down to 23 minutes, doesn't matter. Still going to put up 16, you know? He so, has been kind of sucking, though. 
He has not been that's playing true. very well. He has not so been that, hitting his three-point shot, yeah. uh, which kind of worries me because then it's regression to the positive it's one of those mean. Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ascending to the mean. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know who else is a former Laker, dude? Patrick mm. Beverly. Patrick Beverly was that's a That's true, <laughs> who never actually suited up on the Lakers. He was, a, he was barely a Laker, but you know that asshole is going to go freaking crazy. Absolutely. Probably for that damn reason, so <laughs> exactly. screw that guy. Um, the next thing I'll bring up would be Ty Lue versus LeBron yeah, James, baby. Yeah. Ty Lue, assistant coach, and then we how can we forget Tyron <laughs> Lue versus the Lakers, the team he shunned because they didn't pay him enough. Remember yep. when fans were up in arms at the fact that the Lakers did not come back to Ty Lue on their hands and knees, giving and him Frank what he Vogel wanted. Frank Vogel was supposed to be an assistant of Ty Lue. <laughs> exactly. So you have all these different angles with the coaching staff going on outside of the fact that, you know, Ty Lue coached LeBron James. They were tight, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's all going to come to a head there. So that's Ty another Ty Lue was a Laker. One. Ty Lue was a ago. Laker. Oh, my gosh. 20 years ago. <laughs> that's nuts, dude. That is nuts. Um, you got anything else? Uh, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> There's so many, actually. We're missing one big one, dude. <laughs> oh, freaking playoff crap P. <laughs> playoff PP. crap P. Playoff PP. Playoff PP. Pan- <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic PG. Talk about him, Alan. Uh, that guy sucks. <laughs> I'll never forget, dude. I was with Tommy um, the night of free agency when Paul George uh, decided to stay with Oklahoma City. And oh, Tommy and I, it was a very, very hot day. It was like freaking over 100 degrees. And I was hanging out with Tommy. At the time, he was waiting for his air conditioning to get installed. So we were just like sweating our butts off. But I remember we got some really good Japanese food. I got this like Wagyu mm, beef rice oishi. bowl thing. Oh my gosh. Totemoishi. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tanoshikata. It was super fun. Um, but I remember we got the news about freaking Paul George deciding to stay like an idiot, and we it just like kind of ruined the night, and we we were yeah. just um, you know pissed off with each other um, and and sweating our asses off after having a delicious meal. So when I think of Paul George, I, I do think of that moment right there, and he slightly ruined Wagyu beef for me because when I eat yeah. it, I think of that asshole. Um, so that's why I dislike him. He ruined a really good Japanese. Uh, meal for me yeah it's personal doesn't it almost doesn't it almost feel like paul george was a former laker with how much oh, we had pegged sure, him dude. down to be yeah. in that uniform oh yeah, yeah yeah it was like a done deal he's almost like dwight howard to us right um <laughs> and, and what's crazy is he shunned lebron james right i'm sure lebron's taking that personally it's like what the hell are you thinking? oh dude you know? for sure for sure. And he had the, the sports center thing with Dwayne Wade, right? The, the three-part documentary <laughs> oh series God. flying on the helicopter above Los Angeles, Ugh. building a crib at his home in Palmdale. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. People give LeBron a lot of crap for the decision, but Paul George, who the hell are you? <laughs> at yeah, least LeBron James has the cachet to pull that off, but you're going to pull off a three-second Sorry, three seconds. I wish it was three seconds. A (laughs) three-part mini documentary to announce that you're going back to Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, who's ruining franchises every new place (laughs) he goes. I mean, just ridiculous. Flat-out ridiculous. So, yes, the Paul George Lakers angle, especially against Lakers fans angle, playoff P from Palmdale angle, is definitely going to be alive and strong in this series. Um, Along with that, obviously, is the very obvious... 
Kawhi Leonard fiasco from last summer, playing the Lakers along, stringing them along um, in this courting game to the point where their free agent options were super limited. It's been revealed that Kemba Walker was heavily pursued by the Lakers, but I'm almost positive the Lakers told him, we really want you, but we have to ask you to wait until we figure out this Kawhi stuff. And at that point, Kemba's like, I can't afford to do that. You know, I'm going to go with the Celtics. So you can blame Kawhi Leonard for all those potential misses of guys that we were even trying to go after that could have been very beneficial to us. And so just that whole fiasco with Kawhi Leonard just being this double agent and playing us, essentially playing us, playing LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and then on top of it, bringing Paul George into the equation. It's just like, oh my Probably gives Clipper fans a lot of satisfaction. (laughs) Which is fair, you know. For the Lakers, there are levels to this betrayal, you know? I mean, Clipper fans are going to laugh that we're calling it betrayal, but dude, that is just crazy. I think those are pretty much the main points. Some quick ones. The Morai twins, obviously, Marquis versus <laughs> versus Marcus. They might cancel each other out. Oh, Danny Green versus Kawhi. That's a fun one. Yes, both on the Toronto Raptors winning the, the championship last year. That's oh, that's true. They, like they go back. Yeah. They were they were like Bobby and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Not Bobby and Toby? Not nearly as fun. Like attached to them, you know. Like they went from ah. San Antonio to Toronto with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. They're the boring Bobby and Toby. um lakers versus jerry west my friend oh that's right (sighs) that one hurts but you know it is what it is yeah and then you want if you want to take it like one step further the macro level it's like genie bus versus uh uh, Steve Bomber, right? Uh, the New Age <laughs> <Those> versus <emails>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our bad. <laughs> but yeah, you essentially have Microsoft, like the New Age, and now they're moving tech. into Inglewood. They're trying to take exactly. our old hood. That's true. Versus, you know, mom and pop traditional Lakers style genie bus ownership. New versus old, the clashing. It's gonna be, yeah. This is the battle of LA, folks. Pretty jerseys versus ugly jerseys. You know, <laughs> word true. You know what else, dude? Not to get too ahead of ourselves, but this could potentially set us up with another Lakers-Celtics finals. Yes, like that is very that's, true. Like, of course, getting to the finals against any team is what is at stake in the Western Conference Finals, but the fact that the Celtics could be waiting on the other side of it just makes it that much more, like, intense. Um, yeah. And if it isn't the Celtics, then it's Miami. And that's LeBron's old team, and that's Pat Riley's team. Ah, there's so many layers, dude. There's so much. So many layers, exactly. And and if we face the Celtics, that's just it's too it's almost too poetic and too eerie because that's ten years ago. That's the last time we were in the finals. That's just how it goes, right? I would expect nothing less from a year like 2020, from an NBA season like the 2019-20 NBA season where we lost Kobe. There's just too much to this these last two years, man. And I hope. The least the Lakers can do is just pull us out, man. Lakers fans just got to have this moment of joy in one of the most terrible years that anybody can remember in the world. So yes. let us let us have this one. Let us pray. Let us pray. Amen. If LeBron James can pull this off, he truly is the king. And what a way, what a way to kind of write your legacy with the Lakers, right? From the moment you signed with this team, nothing has gone right. And if you can pull this off in the most wonkiest of seasons that will likely never happen again in the NBA, 
I mean, put that in the history books for LeBron James. I know a lot of people are going to asterisk it, but I think it should be the other way around. Hell you know? no. This is yeah. one of the toughest seasons that any team would have to go through. LeBron James be the one to win it. So. Yep. Amen. Uh, yeah. With that said, those are the those are the narratives, and we can't wait for the the Battle of L.A. in Orlando. So, yeah, Alan, <laughs> let's 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 get this going, man. Enough talk. Let's. Uh, oh, pandemic P. Kawhi, LeBron, AD, Cal Kuzma, Patrick Beverly, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> More I twins. Let's go. Let's go. More I twins. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll I'll catch you later, Alan. And uh, the next time I see you, I better not be pissed off. <laughs> I know. Uh, See you, dude. Laters. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.